Welcome to the Heart Soul Wisdom Podcast, a journey of self-discovery and transformation. Moira Sutton and her amazing guests share real-life stories, tools, and strategies to inspire and empower you to create and live your best life. Come along on the journey and finally blast through any fears, obstacles, and challenges that have held you back in the past so you can live your life with the joy, passion, and happiness that you desire. Now, here's your host, Create the Life You Love Empowerment Life Coach, Moira Sutton. Welcome to our second season, episode 30, The Divine Feminine Reawaken, with our very special guest, Melina Crawford. Melina is a Washington, D.C.-based writer, speaker, and spiritual life coach, holding degrees from the George Washington University in psychology with a concentration in neuropsychology. Her award-winning debut novel, A Fistful of Honey, chronicles the heroine's journey of Alina Ford and delivers racial healing and reawakening wrapped in a thrilling page-turning tale. Her novel was called I Must Read by Oprah Winfrey's network, Ayana Vanson, who is now her teacher. Melina facilitates workshops on personal development, empowerment, and anti-oppression across the globe, most recently in Ghana and South Africa. And you're going to hear a wonderful story about that. That's just going to inspire you later on in our conversation today. She travels the world with her message of healing, one that is informed from her own transformation from homeless and tragedy to a six-figure coaching and real estate business. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Melina Crawford. Welcome, Melina. Thank you so much, Maria. What a beautiful introduction. Well, there's so much to say about you, and uh, <laughs> and you've got quite the story to inspire our listeners today. So thank you for being one of our special guests. Sure. My absolute pleasure. And, and thank you for your book. I want everybody to know you want to go out and read this book. Melina is such a writer, and I couldn't put it down. And my whole family's going to read it. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful, empowering, and inspiring story. Thank you. You're welcome. So, Melina, why, why don't we just start with your own transformation from homeless and tragedy to creating a six-figure business and real estate business. Can you share that story? Because that's quite the jump. isn't it yeah so um well my story of course started with a childhood really chaos poverty a lot of pain uh we were in and out of homeless shelters just had a lot of adversity uh as a family and so because of that I think I was kind of set with low self-esteem, low self-worth and things like that. So it it, it um, was a precursor really for my adulthood, my, you know, going into womanhood with those feelings of inferiority. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of attracted a lot of more bad situations. Mm-hmm. Um, by then, though, uh, we were all quite bright. So I went through the magnet schools. I um, eventually had a very good career 
um, despite my childhood. Um, but we know that money can't cover brokenheartedness. Money cannot cover brokenness. And so it just kept showing its its face. It, it kept coming through. And in uh, about, let's see, 2000, about 13 years ago, um, I just really, the bottom fell out of my life. And I was, a, a re- very important relation, relationship of mine had ended and I had hit rock bottom. And so for the first time in my life, I called out to God and I asked, what is my purpose? You know, there's, there's got to be something more to my existence here on earth than this. And so I really, I don't know if I was expecting an answer, but I, I just was at that point of desperation that leads you to surrender. Anything is mm-hmm. better than this. And uh, I immediately got back an answer. I immediately heard a voice clear as day to heal yourself and to heal women. So that started my journey. I I really had no clue (laughs) what that meant because, um, you know, at that point I was very much in a box, in a Christian box. I, I, I thought uh, the new age teachings that were coming in were out of alignment. Uh, boy, did I have something to learn. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that began began my spiritual journey and my path to healing, spiritual healing. And so everything that I learned, everything that I was able to become in that space went into my blueprint for helping other women heal. That's wonderful. And the part that you talked about surrendering, I think that's um, a big part of that. When you you come to a wall or adversity or struggles or anything that you just, I, I always use Wayne Dyer's, um, he says, let go, let God. And that's what, whatever God is for the person. But yeah. that, that's that letting go and getting out of our own way and allowing what shows up, which is something that we can't create from our ego mind. It's something bigger. Yeah. So surrendering, um, I know I've been to surrender and letting go, letting God and, you know, and trusting a huge part about Mm -hmm. trusting and faith. How did that play into that, that you really trusted when you asked for that and, and your faith? So I really, um, I think my sense of brokenness was so deep. I didn't think that God heard me. I didn't think that God really cared. I, I mean, I had so much adversity at that point. I really didn't think that God cared, even though I was a quote unquote Christian, I I did not have an intimate relationship with God or so I thought. And so when I said that prayer, I I really did not expect God to answer back. So it was a trust that there's something out there greater than me that is going to save me. It just has to, or I'm going, I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think sometimes in those moments, we have nothing but trust. We have nothing but trust in those, those moments that we're, we're really forced to surrender. And so that wasn't the first time, though, um, that I had a profound experience with God and with trust. So in 2013... Uh, Trayvon Martin's murder had gotten off and Trayvon Martin was a young boy who was killed um, 
you know, so unfairly. It broke my heart so deeply. And the verdict was, you know, he was a free man. And so I was just livid with God. Like, how can you allow this injustice still in 2013, especially against uh, Black people? And so that was another act of trust. I knew that I was going to get an answer. And the answer this time was, it, it was instant, but it took a lot longer. Uh, so what I received was, were answers from between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. every single morning, like clockwork for two months, I received information that then became the book of fistful of my book of fistful of honey. Mm. Um, so that exchange of I have this uh, fervor in my heart, and I know the God of my understanding. I trust the God of my understanding to heal me, to bring something to me um, that's that's going to change this and. Um, to my great honor, I am so grateful. It not it not only helped to heal me, but it's helped to heal hundreds of other people. And so, yeah, that's the miracle of trust, I think. One of them. So when you had these, thank you, you had these downloads for two months, you say at 3 and 4 a.m., <laughs> did you kind of wake up or was that in a dream state or how did you experience that? And also, how did you experience that message you clearly heard from God to heal yourself and heal women. Yeah. Uh, so the first message, <laughs> when I heard it, I mean, I went from being literally on my knees to, <gasps> there was just such a buoyancy inside me. Like I got an answer. Oh my God, God can hear me. <laughs> God loves me enough to answer me back. And that alone was just such a, um, revelation for me, uh, that I was loved and, um, that there was a God out there for me. So that in and of itself changed my life. And, um, so what started to trickle in were the breadcrumbs, you know, so we ask and then we receive. And so I started to receive the direction. And so I, I began to really trust in myself that what I was seeing was true what I was being guided to was right, you know, was the answer was right for me. So it did two things, you know, trusting God and then trusting myself. Those were things I did not have before that moment that completely changed uh, my life. Mm-hmm. And then uh, with two, five years later with the Trayvon Martin and the channeling. Yeah. So no, it, I was, it, I woke up. I was awakened. Um, it didn't matter how tired I was. And I was very tired. <laughs> I would wake up and just get all of this information. And then um, one of the directives was tell your story and tell it all. <sighs> and you're talking about, I'm a very private woman. <laughs> and at that mm-hmm. point, at that point, now I will, I mean, I will tell I'm very transparent now because, you know, that's my profession and also my passion, my, my heart's work. 
Um, but I was very private. And a lot of the things that had happened in my life caused deep shame mm-hmm. and guilt and all these things. Uh, but that was the directive that I had. Tell your story and tell it all. And so when I say healing journey, writing that book, receiving those messages, and a lot of them were to the wound of inferiority, to the wound of um, this is how you've been treated in, in this world. And it has absolutely nothing to do with who you really are. Mm-hmm. And who black people really are, and that it's been this whole scheme the whole time to keep us all divided, mm-hmm. every race, every gender, all humans divided and um out of love with each other. Mm-hmm. yeah, so but the that experience, um oh man, <laughs> number one, I knew that <clears throat> even more so of how much I was loved and um, excuse me it was just like you're entrusting me with this you know you're you are choosing me to be the vessel for this you know mind-blowing absolutely Mm -hmm. mind-blowing and then to let out things that I had gone through and um there obviously is it's a work of fiction, not all the things that Alina experienced did Melina experience. Um, but a lot of it I did. And so to put it in there, to put my pain in there and in my um I, I mean I put my all into put that. your heart into that. My heart, my and soul, everything, <laughs> everything, yes, into that manuscript. <clears throat> So there's literally medicine in that book, in that novel. Um, and I, I think that's why the book has done so well, because how do I say? That was a divine mm-hmm. uh, process. That was a you are witnessing when you read that book, <clears throat> a divine transformation. It's a very... As I said earlier, everyone should get this book and we will have the links there. And I'm not promoting from the standpoint, bye, bye, bye. I'm mm-hmm. saying it because the message is just beautiful and we'll, you know, just keep creating like almost like a snowball effect. Get this book out there, especially right now, you know, yeah. um, the, the timing for your book right now to have it out for people to know you and mm-hmm. your message is is huge because you know when I was brought up my my brothers used to say it was like a Pollyanna Mm -hmm. and it was supposed to be an insult from one of my brothers (laughs) and I always um my dad said oh you're you're so caring and loving and maybe you'll be a nurse and I don't like needles or anything so I knew that wasn't happening Mm -hmm. but I always want I cared about humanity people um from a young age I had a problem with um, anyone who had divisions with mm-hmm. labeling people, whatever background, ability, disability. We yeah. talked about this when you and I first met this passion dance that I haven't created yet, but I will. <laughs> it, it was really bring, bringing people together of, mm-hmm. of all races and all ages and abilities and disabilities. You know, my son, when he was little, um, I used to do some workshops for people um, at a center with people who didn't have legs or mm-hmm. they had special needs. And my son never grew up seeing, he just saw the person, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't, he didn't see if somebody didn't have legs. He just saw that person. He sometimes, well, can I have a ride? Or, you know, he was only 
four or five or something, but, mm -hmm. um, but no, that's being always close to my heart. And oh, that's uh, beautiful. Yeah. So your book, whoa. <laughs> no. And thank you for all that. I'm just taking it in and being very present as you're saying yeah. stuff. So for other women, how, how do you help women unveil their spiritual power so they can transform and re remove these blocks that they have? And you have a phrase, you know, turn them into gold in their <laughs> path forward, which is really quite the, the phrase. How, just give me some areas of how you do that for women. Because there's uh, the most of our audience, there's men and some cool men, as you put that you work with too, which mm -hmm. I also do. And um, mainly women who are in my audience. That's something that would be important for them to, to learn. Yeah. So I, I have a three-step process that I take clients through. Um, but the most important thing is that they have awareness of where they are stuck. Mm -hmm. They have awareness of where their life is not working for them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the first thing, because you can't heal what you can't see, what you're not aware of. So is that really bringing it into their consciousness? You help them get mm -hmm. that clarity. Exactly. Okay. Like I, Sometimes I call myself the clarity queen. Like I'm just yes. very passionate. You have to have clarity. You mm -hmm. must uh know where you are in order to get where you want to be. And so a lot of times women are, they're just almost there, women and men, but they're, they're usually these four core blocks that we have to start working on. So there's fear, you know, what's going to happen if I move forward. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we have sabotaging behaviors that insulate us into that uh, into that situation, the comfort zone, because of the fear. You have uh, doubt and disbelief, doubt in the self, doubt in their ability to move forward, um, doubt in their worthiness to have mm. to have more than than their current experience. Um, disbelief, which I had, disbelief that. Um, this grand vision is, is something that is okay for them. Uh, and then sometimes an unwillingness to pay the price to move forward. Uh, so for example, maybe you need to go back to school in order to make the next step, but they don't really want to go back to school. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have to work on that. And then of course, resistance to change because it's something different, even though it's beautiful and it's what they want, it's their heart's desire. It is different uh, from the comfort that they know. So after we address those blocks, it's what do you want? Very simple. What do you want? What is your vision? So we can work to from getting unstuck to moving forward into, um, into the next phase. And then you always want to check for alignment as they're in the um, the prescription <laughs> that I gave to them. Um, always checking against checking their choices, checking their actions, checking their beliefs. Is this in alignment with the vision that you said you have, with the thing that you said you want? And that must be coupled with implementation and mm -hmm. action. And so all of that equals um, transformation, mm -hmm. getting unstuck and, and moving to the other end. 
I think, um, thank you. I think also this part about worthiness, I think men and women, we all at one point have had that issue because either we've, you say it even on in your work, that yeah. it's not, and I say the same thing, go for your bigger vision. You have a desire put on your heart and you have your life purpose and right. it's usually tied into your passion and, and what you're good at, mm-hmm. and what you love doing. Like here, I love doing the show. I love meeting wonderful people like you and getting your message out mm-hmm. and reaching more people and creating that that community of not diversity, but unity consciousness. And, yes. And through mm-hmm. these interviews and heartfelt conversations, raising the vibration of each other to, that's my tagline, to, to really heal humanity and our planet, our beautiful Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. But worthiness, yeah, I would think you have the same thing. A lot of people come with that issue because as you talked about all those steps to go through and they end up taking inspired action, then they get transformation. It really takes, there's trust there, right? Trust and believe and and a knowingness somewhere within you that you can have anything that's put on your heart. And it was put there for a reason. Absolutely. And I love also how you talk about Again, we're very similar that way, Melina, that, you know, I have, again, the tagline, create the life you love on your terms. It's Mm -hmm. very much don't let anyone else steal your dreams or give your power away. Take your power back. And as you know, you know, it takes courage and commitment to really create this awesome, extraordinary life. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's just not, it's not like. Well, you could win the lotto, but (laughs) lotterial, I believe in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, I went a trip to Argentina years ago. So, (laughs) yes, it it was. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you, you travel with the work you do. So thank you for sharing that process. That's, and and the, the, the resistance part, you, you, again, how do you see your clients and the people you help moving through that resistance? Because is it a, yes, I want it. No, I can't. Yes, I want it. No, I can't. Is it that kind of resistance? Um, it can be, but resistance is also very tricky. It can be very sneaky. Mm. Uh, so resistance can look positive. It can look, perfectionism can show up. It is definitely resistance. Um, but it can show up, you know, with a positive face. I just want to do the best, you know, that I can do. And it's taking me eight years (laughs) to perfect this process, which is Um, really not very long, Elena. (laughs) Oh, in the bigger okay. in the bigger perspective, we think that right, and then eight years goes by, and we're like, "Wow, yeah, <laughs> what what, what kind of happened?" That's why I think it's so important to be present every day and have gratitude oh, because life absolutely. is a gift. Absolutely. <laughs> so eight years, you're just a a quickie. <laughs> like yes. Um, yeah, but my point is taking you know taking the time as a part of hiding as a point mm-hmm. of um, procrastinating um, resistance can look like that. Uh, resistance can look like self-sabotage. Again, uh, you were moving forward and now we're regressing. Why? And then we have to look at that. What is the thought behind this? What is the feeling behind this? You know, we're emotional beings. Mm-hmm. And so really uncovering what resistance looks like for us so that we can lovingly, and I say like, I do not believe in tough love and Mm -hmm. just, you know, so we can lovingly turn it around. 
So, okay, resistance, I recognize you. I recognize that um, there's some fear here or there's some doubt here. And I know what the trigger is. So now that I see that, I, I also know what my affirmation is and restating their truth, restating what they now know about themselves and their ability and pushing them forward. So there are a lot of techniques to get through resistance, but the most important thing is to know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And being very truthful with yourself. And I love that. No, not, um, you know, hard loves it all starts everything in our life. When we come to healing, it starts with self-love. We have to love ourselves and look at ourselves. And it's not about comparing ourselves. We're all unique. Just like, you know, just last month, the tulips were coming up and then it started uh, snowing <laughs> and then it started hailing. We're like, what? And mother nature is perfect. But, and then when you, again, you look at each flower or each little bird or that we we're part of that. We are so beautiful. And, and yeah. to go back to embracing that. We are truly all one. Yes. And, um, yeah. When we relax into that, it, there is so much beauty and there's so much peace. Mm. There's so much peace in that truth. Now, you have tips and strategies. If you can share some of them, you talk about staging a comeback in our lives from trauma and huge Mm -hmm. setbacks. Um, And again, we've all experienced something. It's part of being, as you said, human beings, Mm -hmm. you know, living a spiritual life. We all have that. And I believe that we've asked for some of it and some of our most um, people that really, uh, what's the word? bother us in some way or they it brings up some issue because it's we're mirroring that with and they've they've agreed maybe to do that in our life so we could learn and bring that to all there is yes we're right in alignment (laughs) yes so when you talk about the comeback part Mm -hmm. give us if you have some strategies and tips there like really because there's people that they get they get trapped in that or is it very similar for what you just shared like people have to first really be honest where they are and and then take these steps and then get clarity again, you mm-hmm. know, to where they want to go. Is, is that part of that, the strategies? Oh, it's definitely part of it. Uh, but the first thing that I would say coming into our creating a p- comeback is to really forgive yourself. Mm. One thing that I found in setback is a lot of judgment, a lot of self-judgment. Why am I here? I shouldn't be here. This shouldn't have happened like this. Uh, It should have happened differently. And the first thing first is forgiving yourself for whatever judgments you hold. You're going to have to forgive the judgments so that you can move forward. Because what I know for sure is that everything happens for a divine reason. I love that. Mm -hmm. And that's what, what I really want, you know, my clients, everyone to remember this, all of this is working for my good. All of this, mm-hmm. it might not have been what you planned or expected, and it might disappoint you greatly, but all of this is working for your good. So I would not rush um, to the next step until you get that, until you get the forgiveness in your heart, mm-hmm. the peace within you, where you really can accept what is where you really can um, look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. I'm coming back. We're, we're, we're doing a new thing. We're going to create a new plan. 
And that's first and foremost. So when you move forward in that energy, then you're ready to really do all, all of the, um, the other actions, the planning and all getting the clarity for what your next moves will be. But that for me, that's number one. And then of course, uh, just looking at, looking at your life for what it is. Okay. What is the situation here? You know, what is it that I don't like about this situation that is within my realm to change? And what is the lesson that I got from the setback that I can use now to move me forward? That is the gold. Mm. The lesson, the wisdom that you get from that setback or another one is the gold that's going to propel you forward. Mm -hmm. So when you change your perspective and really see yourself as a powerful, creative person who is about to create another empire, another relationship, another fill in the blank, then you're going to really have the momentum and the fortitude and all of those beautiful things to manifest what it is you desire. So yeah, it's in the setting yourself free mm. that you're really going to have what you want. Mm. And I would also really do a detox of, of um, maybe not just your judgment, but other people's judgments against you. <laughs> you know, that is a huge block for clients, the way that other people feel about how we're living our lives. Or how we look, how we dress, how we eat. All, how- of, the, <laughs> all of the above. Mm-hmm. It keeps us stuck. It keeps mm-hmm. us uh, in judgment of ourselves and not accepting ourselves. And then we are are imprisoned by somebody else who, <laughs> somebody else's opinions of us who probably, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like couldn't care less. You know, we think about people we don't even know, but we want to impress them. Uh, So really start to delve into that. Why do I care so much? You know, this is my life that I'm living. And I loved how you said uh, you were talking about the preciousness of life Mm -hmm. and uh, the beauty of life. Absolutely. Every single moment that we have is a gift. And so love yourself deeply enough to, to let go of those shackles. Mm-hmm. You're, you are not being judged by the divine. The divine accepts you 100%, whatever the God of your understanding is, or, you know, there is, you know, you are good and you are innocent and you are worthy of what it is that you desire. That yes. is the truth. I love that. First of all, setting yourself free. And my, my thing's about really freedom to be you, you on your terms. And, uh, and then the worthiness, we're, we're worthy just because we were born. Yeah, we were so, so, so loved. And, you know, I think, again, Wayne Dyer talks about, if you only knew who walked beside you, you would never be fearful <laughs> again, because we're, we're not alone. And when I used to share that, because I'm also an intuitive and, mm-hmm. and see spirit and like yourself, um, I've worked with angels. I still yeah. work with angels. And, 
you know, people used to say, what do they, do they come in when you're in the bathroom? Are they looking at you? Like, are you showering? I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not like that. You know, you don't have to worry about that. And, uh, yeah. but to sense that presence. And I had this great experience as I just was saying how, you know, I won this trip to Argentina about five mm-hmm. years ago. My husband went with me, of course, my love of my life, Cliff. Mm-hmm. And um, we had such experiences there. And one experience, we went to a winery in Mendoza. And we had a five-course meal with different wines in that. It was sitting out on the porch overlooking this winery. Um, and, and the mountains of Chile behind us. It was just surreal. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and yes. when, when I was talking to Cliff, and I hadn't had this experience before, Melina, it was so amazing that... At one point, I said to Cliff, ah, I've just left. My soul has come in and is taking this, this whole experience in. And I I literally felt the soul come in and, and look through my eyes. I said, my soul is looking at you right now and this whole taking this beautiful gift in. And Oh, my goodness. It was such an experience. And uh, like, maybe I should be writing some of that stuff or could be. I don't yeah. like should, could, would. You know, it's like if you make the choice, the power of the choice. Yeah, if that's your desire. I would love you to share because you take your, I think you say from New York to Africa to mm-hmm. you, right now you're not with COVID, but you will be again. You you take your, the work you do in the world and your life purpose to different areas in the world. And the one that I love is, well, you have many stories, mm-hmm. I know, but the one you shared with me when you went to South Africa and, and those women who attended that workshop, what happened when they came together and shared the, the bit around the exercise around dreams, I think is such a beautiful story. And I want the listeners to hear that. Oh, yes. Uh, it was one of my favorite stories too. Yeah. So I was in a city called George, uh, South Africa. Yes. And so even though apartheid, you know, was over a while ago, these women had still been separated from each other. And these are black women, what they call colored women, uh, women from different tribes, Chosa, you know, just all different kinds of women that had been uh, separated by these horrible divisive laws. Mm -hmm. And so, but they all came (laughs) to the workshop. And at first they were, you know, all sitting just to each other, only with the women that they knew. And I said, nope. (laughs) everyone get up and sit next to someone that you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I had white women sitting with color women sitting with, you know, just everyone mixed in. And the first thing that I had them do was tell me what their dream was. And, you know, to get them warmed up. But the second thing I had them do was tell me what their dream for their sister was. Wow. (laughs) And so these women, I mean, God, they got together and they poured their hearts out to their sisters who they had not even seen, you know, had consciousness of because of what was happening in their country. Um, and were pouring their hearts out what they wanted for this woman. You know, there was not a dry eye in the house. And they all, you know, I invited them to the front. It was like this huge ballroom, invited them to the front to start sharing what had happened in their groups. 
And one woman in particular, she just really pierced my heart, this white woman, and she could barely speak um, because she was sobbing so hard. But she was, you know, she told us her dream for her sister. And then she told us how deeply it had broken her heart, what had happened to their country. And she never wanted it. And she just wanted to be together. They just wanted to be unified. And then woman after woman after woman, and they told me how they would continue staying in unity after, you know, we went back to America. And God, it was profound, such a profound experience of oneness. And it just reminded me that we true, there's no division. No matter what the illusion is, there's no division. And if we allow ourselves to get through all of that illusion and and the ugliness that has been built into law, there's so much love that we have for one another, you know, in our humanness. And so I will never in my entire life forget that and forget the way that it changed my life and made me feel. I'm just taking that in as you're saying it. So mm-hmm. I'm listening and taking it in very much. Wow. And 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 to and like you said, like, you know, there is no division. It's an illusion mm-hmm. and it's a false illusion. And yeah. you know, and and this thing about fear, I it's another acronym, but it's not Wayne Dyer's this time. <laughs> but it's um there was a little book I used to give about 30 years ago, and it was called Fear, and it was um literally false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. And then the new acronym that I shared with people is feeling excited and ready, not in danger of situations, but when fear shows up, realize you have an, a choice to grow. And so in this story too, the, not story, this real experience you had for those women to come together powerfully, that would have impacted every one of them. And then that will, again, this snowball effect, that, that's the term I use, how that can go out to the next people and the next people. And mm-hmm. that's how you create this healing in that and you're focused on that love which love is the the highest vibration and you know we are light we are love that's who we are Mm -hmm. yeah and then you know in their minds if they ever hear something nasty about one of their sisters they know in their heart that is not true Mm. that's not true and so um you know the whole divide and conquer on a spiritual level that is what has happened in america um and around the world and around the world absolutely dividing and conquering because if we knew how number one what divine's plan is for us and how powerful we all could be together it it would not be a second thought like this is such silliness Mm-hmm. You know, all of this racism and sexism and isms and all isms, you know, yes. It's just foolishness. Or you think about if you're gay, lesbian, trans, like right. all those things. You you're a beautiful being and mm-hmm. and it's I feel it's just also ignorance. So people mm-hmm. just and I truly a lot of times I don't always get it, you know, but I mm-hmm. I stand in my truth and my power to bring not you know, to bring out the part that you're sharing right now. Mm-hmm. Now, you also talk about 
healing our mother wound. Do you think that every woman has a mother wound? And how would they know it if they had that? Mm. Um, I'm not sure that every woman has a mother wound. I think it, even with a mother who was quote unquote, a good mother, Mm -hmm. it's quite possible. And so a mother wound is just that wounds that happen because of our interaction with our mothers. Uh, A lot of times it's unconscious, but the things that we wanted from her, what we saw her model or how she treated us, her energy towards us, if that was something that our child mind or our uh, subconscious mind judged as, you know, an injury to ourself, it mm-hmm. will cause a wound. And so identifying a mother wound, well, the, the first thing is, you know, you the relationship with your actual mother is not good. Um, there's some kind of resentment there, or there's some kind of pattern in your life. So the feminine nature, it's, it's the all nurturing, you know, she's expansive. She is the emotion. The heart is what the mother represents. And so when we have a mother wound, we see a lot of emotional wounding. We see a lot of um, just feeling not nurtured, feeling uncared for, whether it's in our adult relationships by our literal mother or by life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I, I have women come in who have the mother wound manifest as a negative relationship with their feminine nature. Mm -hmm. Uh, They feel like it's either weakness to be in the feminine. It's weakness to be a woman. Um, They, they just don't, there's something there about the feminine uh, that's manifesting negatively. And so, yeah, there, there's so many different ways that that mother wound shows up, but a lot of it you can find after heartbreak, after things that have happened to you and just sense into if you feel supported or not, you know, what, what that's triggering, triggering for you. And uh, it helps to uncover if, if there's any wounding there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know that um, I was a preemie baby. So I always said, Several things. In those days, you you were put with all the preemie babies, and they just you know wheeled you up in one of those baskets. And mm-hmm. my my older brother, who's two years older, and my dad went in to see me. Um, I heard that like my my little my older brother yelled at me. I just ah! <laughs> and I startled as a baby. But all the fathers were there at the same time, and I remember my dad used to share the story when I grew up that you know, um, the other babies were so tiny. I was a month early, but I was bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, um, and, you know, he, he was embarrassed. And I said, what do you mean you were embarrassed? I said, you were embarrassed because I was a bigger baby. Like, you know, <laughs> what, did you judge me? And then see during the years, that wasn't it. He, he was, he didn't want the other fathers to feel bad because I w- was probably looking bigger, healthier than the little preemie. So it, it was not what I interpreted. And also, yes. And, and also um, 
my my mom was in crisis when she gave birth to me and mm -hmm. losing blood in that. And when they took me away as a preemie, I didn't see her for days because mm -hmm. she was so that that it's not a conscious thing. It's very unconscious right. that, mm -hmm. you know, a little baby and all of a sudden you're in this warmth and then you're gone. And now you're with a nurse who, who loves you and cares for you, but it's not your mother. So mm -hmm. I, I worked on that one for many years. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump into your story here, which, you know, first of all, how did you come up with that title a fistful of honey? Um, that was channeled as well. Ah, yeah. So I don't want to spoil the book for anyone, but there is a chapter uh, from my ancestors. And so, um, yeah, I just had this sadness that would not go away. This deep, deep sadness, depression, and um, it wouldn't go away. And it made, it was inexplicable because it, for the depth of this emotion, it didn't make any sense for what was going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And so Erica, uh, who I told you about at the top of the call, she told me to ask the sadness what it wants. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. And so I went to go meditate to ask the sadness what it wanted. And all of these ancestors came through who had, uh, who were slaves and had um, their children taken away from them. And so what I was feeling was their mourning, their sorrow, their grief. And, but after I did that, I finally had relief, but their message to me was, we went through this because we want you to enjoy the honey mm. of life and honey being the sweetness of life, the things that make life worth living, love and beauty, you know, enjoyment and relationships, all that good stuff, you know. And so then came the title, A Fistful of Honey. It's beautiful. <laughs> and I, I think I, t I told you earlier in this call. So I don't always get things right off. It's like if somebody says a joke, I don't always get jokes. I have to think about it. <laughs> Not all jokes, but me too. But how cool that Melina, your name Crawford, and you took that major character, took your M off, Alvina, and then the Craw Ford, Alvina Ford. How brilliant is that? <laughs> yeah, it just, um, yeah, she was an old part of Melina. Yes. You know, that I was offering up to the reader, to the world, so that she could be healed and, and so could anyone reading and yes. also entertained. It's an entertaining book, you know. And also on the front of the cover, the beautiful image of the character wearing that stunning amethyst necklace. What does this uh, necklace represent in the story? Because yeah, the so, amethyst. So her amethyst ne necklace is the key to pretty much everything. So Alina is part of a sect, uh, the sent to save humanity from a dark force called the Shatani. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk about uh, division and it all being part of a master plan, it really in the book, it is a master plan by this dark force to um, pull the wool over our eyes and, and ultimately end humanity. So this necklace is, is kind of like the sign that you're in this sect uh, among other things. And so 
the necklace is how she finds her tribe. The necklace is, is um, how she gets her power and her wisdom and all that stuff. So it's, it's really the essence of her power, power that she'd forgotten, that she didn't really know that she had in, in, in this lifetime. Beautiful. Yeah. Melina, you've talked about before, like what principles and themes do you see right now in 2021? And what do you think the big message is for us to, to learn as of last year with the pandemic? And now we're in 2021 and, mm-hmm. and we're starting to see people get you know vaccinated and, you know, people are starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. What, what principles and themes do you get? Or do you, have you had that come to you? So 2021, this is a change year. This is a, um, it's all about change. Um, But I see, I also see resilience. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I I look at 2020 and 2021 is like we went to college or we went to high school last year (laughs) and now we're in college. Are we going to apply what we learned in high school? Okay, so during the pandemic, I know for myself and a lot of people that I know, it was life changing. There was so much loss. Even in in my family, we we lost people. There was so much um, quick transformation that no one could have prepared for. Mm-hmm. You know, like in in order to withstand these changes we really had to call up parts of ourselves that were in there the entire time, but we had to call it up in order to move through it. You know, there that's what 2020 asks of us to really be resilient. And so 2021, I believe is all about what did you learn that you're going to apply, you know, continue to apply. Um, and then how are you going to move through all of this change and still, um, become this evolved self? Are you going to revert back? Are you going to go back into fear? Are you going to go back into, um, you know, wherever you were at the top of 2020 or the end of 2019, are you accepting the call to grow forward, mm-hmm. to change, to shift, to see things differently, to see yourself differently in the highest light? So I think that so far is what uh, 2021 is about. Um, my prayer is that it's also about um, love. And unconditional love, you know, as we move into this Aquarian age, I've seen so much coming together really because communities had to, you know, people have been going without food. People have been, you know, just losing relatives, losing friends. And in order to survive, we have really had to come together in love. And so that's another thing that I'm seeing people awakening to love, you know, with um, just recent events, as far as racism, people standing up for their brothers and sisters, whether, you know, Asian 
black. No, I'm not going to let this happen to you. This is not okay. You know, and the whole black lives matter there, there were all people represented. Like it is not okay to abuse and to oppress coming together for unconditional love. And so that's, that's, another thing um, that I see and that I pray will continue. I can feel the love when you're speaking. So when I, anytime I get little tears or that coming from behind my eyes, I, I know, I know the vibration that where you're coming from and how you're sharing that message. Yeah. You know, I, I read a, an article just recently on the, in our newspaper on the weekend, and it was a Canadian filmmaker. His name was Yung Chang is Yun Chang. Mm -hmm. And he went to, he was invited to go to China to interview um, people, ordinary people in the midst of this, you know, strict government lockdown to see what was happening. And just before he got the invite, he talked about synchronicity because in his own life, um, mm -hmm. he was just out walking his daughter. She was in the stroller and mm -hmm. some people they had racist remarks towards his daughter and just like almost like an attack. And he couldn't believe it. He was yeah. sort of like, why is that happening right now? And it's something it's sort of like foreign. Why is that happening? He's just walking his daughter in the stroller, you know, just outside of Toronto. Then he got this invitation to go and do this. And he talked about the inspiration he had. And I'm just going to share it really briefly. It was from a 17th Japanese proverb and it was, and which was stated we are from different lands and are separated by mountains and waters. Yet above us, we share the same sky and the same feelings. I thought it was so beautiful. And it brought me to many things that you say in your book. But one area I would love to come to a close of this heartfelt conversation we're having and I'm enjoying so thoroughly. If you could read from your book, your message around infinity and unity consciousness. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> So there are many divine characters in this book, and one of them is Isis. So the part of the book I'm going to read is Alina's introduction to Isis. I have come so that you may know my true face. It is infinite, Isis continued. I am neither male nor female, white nor black, but all Alina. We are all aspects of the one almighty God. I come to you now in my feminine form, for I am the feminine aspect of God. I am the great mother of all creation. I'm your dark mother, the dark matter whose love for you is so potent that it holds the galaxies together just as it holds your very cells together. So, yeah. That is so beautiful. You have such a powerful, loving voice. Thank you. Thank and you. For you to read that from, from your words, it's just beautiful. Oh, Melina, yeah. could you could you share, you have a special offer that you've created for, just for our listeners, which I think is really special because I honor them that they come along and that they're on their journey and hear your journey and our journey as a community. Um, if you can share that, and I want everyone to know all the links to find Melina Mm -hmm. Go buy your book, please. You're going to love it. <laughs> and uh, and the, all that I mean, for your gifts is going to be below in the show notes. So if you could share that, that would be wonderful. Absolutely. So I thought it would be most fitting 
uh, for your listeners to have activities that really will help them parse out these things that we talked about. Um, So I have a who am I worksheet for them, a core beliefs worksheet and a create and honor your boundaries worksheet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is kind of the, the foundational work. Uh, that I do with my clients. And I would love to offer it to you as a free gift. That's wonderful. And I think you're also giving them like just other special things. Go go have a look to the links. And um, yeah. those exercises that Melina is sharing is from the Her Fistful of Honey workbook that you mm-hmm. can you can get to go along. And so it allows you to go through the process, which is just beautiful. Yes. Melina, thank you so much for sharing from your heart and soul, your wisdom on the divine feminine reawaken. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you, Moria. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Heart Soul Wisdom Podcast with Moira Sutton. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please join our community at moirasutton.com and continue the discussion on our Facebook page, Create the Life You Love. You will be part of a global movement, connecting with other heart-centered people who are consciously creating the life they love on their own terms. Together, we can raise our consciousness for the greater good of humanity and for our planet.